I'm Megan, and this is a home brew murder crew micro brew. Hi everybody, it's just me today. I thought I would pop on here and bring you a little micro brew. Yeah, I am bringing you a case of Sherry Papini. Um, so Sherry Papini was a mother of two who lived in uh, Redding, California. And on November 2nd, 2016, at the age of 34, Sherry Papini went for a jog in a wooded area just a mile from her Redding, California home that she shared with her husband, Keith Papini, and their two children. She did not return from this jog. So when her husband arrived home after a day at work, he knew something was wrong when he noticed his wife was not home and also quickly discovered that their two young children had not been picked up from daycare by Sherry. He pinged her cell phone and found it lying on the ground alongside a pair of earbuds and some hair near, near their next door neighbor's mailbox. He immediately contacted police and reported Sherry missing. When police arrived, as in most cases, Keith was looked at as a suspect. He was he uh, he agreed to and passed a polygraph test, but despite this, he remained a suspect in her disappearance, as there was little to go off and no leads came quickly. Many people came forward to work with Keith to help find his missing wife. One person in particular was a government security contractor by the name of Cameron Gamble. Cameron believed that Sherry was victim. Cameron believed that Sherry had become victim to human traffickers and that she had been abducted and taken to Mexico for human trafficking. Cameron worked pro bono with Keith and the Pabini family in their efforts to locating Sherry. He even produced two commercials to bring awareness to Sherry's disappearance. It was later um, suspected that he may have uh, uh, monopolized on Sherry's disappearance to try and bring more um, awareness to him and his own side business. And that just didn't sit well with people. Keith remaining a suspect started to become a little bit upset with investigators. He didn't feel like the case was moving at the pace that he wanted it to. They were so busy looking at him. He didn't feel like they were making any kind of effort to find the real alleged abductors. So Keith created a GoFundMe to help finance in his own independent investigation. Because as we all know, the first 48 hours are the most crucial in any missing persons case. The GoFundMe was to raise money to hire two private investigators. The police were not happy about this at all, but there really wasn't anything that they could do. They just continued working on their investigation while Keith worked on his own. An anonymous donor 
came forward through the GoFundMe and offered up $50,000 to help bring Sherry home. Working together, this anonymous donor and Keith decided to use this money towards a reverse ransom, hoping that the money would encourage the kidnapper or kidnappers to return Sherry safely. No one came forward to claim the reverse ransom. So this same anonymous donor released a YouTube video offering a six-figure compensation to anyone who could help bring Sherry home. Within 24 hours of the release of the YouTube video, on Thanksgiving, November 24th, 2016, um, so for our listeners in Canada, that's American Thanksgiving, not Canadian, and only three weeks after Sherry had gone missing, a driver was traveling down a rural road near Sacramento, California, about 150 miles from the Papini home. The driver spotted a blonde woman bound in restraint walking down the street. He contacted authorities immediately. Upon arrival, they confirmed that it was in fact Sherry Papini. She was, like I said, restrained. She had her arms tied behind her back. She had a few burn marks and some bruising on her. She told police that two Hispanic women had forced her into a van at gunpoint while she was out jogging and held her captive for three weeks. She had initially said that she had been kept blindfolded the entire time and had not seen their faces. However, she would later tell investigators that they had worn masks and a composite sketch was created based off of this revised information i will uh, i will include the photos of the sketches on our socials um it basically shows like a two hispanic appearing women one wearing a um a mask over her lower face like a medical mask and the other one with a bandana tied around their lower face obviously not Not much came of these sketches. Nobody had come forward saying they recognized the women. After Sherry was reunited with her family, she essentially disappeared from the public eye. She went unseen pretty much for a year, avoiding the many, many reporters wanting the inside scoop on her story and her abduction. It was worldwide news. Everybody was talking about it. This abduction of this... This mother from this this area in California by these two Hispanic women. The family to all together became reclusive, barely leaving their home, not doing interviews. Nothing was really spoken of. Nobody came forward from the family to talk about what was going on, what has happened since um, Sherry had returned home on Thanksgiving. Investigators were also remaining very tight-lipped about their investigation. This is until the spring of 2017. Evidence was uncovered that completely contradicted Sherry's story. DNA evidence found on Sherry's clothing was processed, and it did not come back to match any women at all. But suspiciously, 
they ended up finding it to be a, a match to somebody that Sherry Papini possibly knew. This was, it was discovered through familial DNA testing that the DNA was found to belong to a direct relative of Sherry's ex-boyfriend, James Reese. In 2020, it was this was confirmed when a bottle of iced tea was collected from the trash at James Reese's home and tested against the DNA pulled from Sherry's clothing that she wore when she was allegedly abducted. It was a match. Obviously, investigators brought James in for questioning. James and Sherry had remained friends and close after they had broken up only a few years earlier. This was just before Sherry married Keith. During his interview with investigators, James admitted to helping Sherry escape. Him and Sherry had known each other since they were children. And when she told him that her husband Keith was abusive and that he would rape her and beat her, James wanted to help her. She was his friend. He had known her since she was a child. James told them that on November 2nd, 2016, he picked Sherry up from her neighborhood of Reading and drove her to his apartment in Costa Mesa in a vehicle that he had had a friend rent for him. He, James would say that Sherry remained living with him, not blindfold and not restrained on her own free will for the three whole weeks. James also said that she would hit herself and burn herself to create the injuries that she would later claim she received at the hands of her two alleged abductors. After the 22 days of living freely with him, Sherry told James she missed her children and wanted to go home. James said he then dropped her off on the rural road where she was later found. That was quite the story. James also told investigators that he had no knowledge that she had even planned on faking the abduction. He thought he was simply just helping a friend escape an abusive relationship and that he had no knowledge whatsoever of her plans to orchestrate this abduction story. Following their interview with James, Sherry's brought in once again for questioning. Even though they had all this evidence contradicting her story, she stuck to it. She claimed that she had been abducted while jogging by two Hispanic women in a van, held at gunpoint, and held captive for three weeks. So even with the evidence and the DNA and the confession from Sherry's ex-boyfriend James, it wouldn't be until March 3rd 2022 so this is now six years after the alleged alleged abduction that sherry papini would finally be arrested and charged she was charged with making false statement and mail fraud they picked her up while she was attending one of her children's uh, she was picked up while attending a piano practice for one of her children and taken into custody. Oh, how humiliating for Sherry. She would later be released on a $120,000 bail. But Sherry knew the jig was up. There was no way that she was going to be able to spin this one. And in April 2022, 
Sherry Papini pled guilty to the charges and admitted her kidnapping was all a hoax. Papini, Sherry also released in a statement by her attorneys. Sherry also released a statement by her attorneys that she was deeply ashamed of her behavior and, quote, sorry for the pain I've caused my family, my friends, all the good people who needlessly suffered. I will work the rest of my life to make amends for what I have done, unquote. We will see about that. Two days following her confession, Keith Papini filed for divorce and also asked for full custody of their two children. And on September 19th, 2022, Sherry Papini was found guilty of lying to federal agents and mail fraud. She was sentenced to 18 months in prison. And after her 18-month sentence was completed, Sherry will be subject to three years of supervision. She will also have to pay restitution to the California Victim Compensation Board, Social Security Administration, Shasta, Shasta County Sheriff's Office, and the FBI. Her restitution is totaling about $300,000. Sherry doesn't know how she's going to be able to pay this back. She's in the middle of a divorce now. She lost her kids. She lost everything. She, woe is me, feels that she has suffered enough for her mistake and feels that, you know, she shouldn't have to pay this. But she's gone and fucked up. This is, she was let off easy, if I would say so myself. So I'm sure you were all wondering about the GoFundMe. It, it had only remained active for a year following the date of her disappearance. So it was still active. Um, it was active during the time in which she was still believed to have been abducted. Um, it had raised close to $50,000. And the f you know, despite angry donors wanting answers and wanting refunds on their money, that never happened. And the family has not come forward in any capacity to say what was happening with the money, whatever happened with it. And to this day, it remains unknown where that money went. And James, he was never charged with anything. They, you know, they believed his story that he really believed that he was just helping a friend escape an abusive relationship and that he had no knowledge of Sherry's diabolical plan to fake her own abduction. Um, despite all of this, you know, he's been subject to harassment from the media. He's followed. There's photos of him trying to live his life. Um, he, he tries to lay low and he's trying to avoid media. He's now living in Arizona with his grandfather, apparently. Um, who knows? But as far as everybody is concerned, he really had nothing to do with Sherry's plan to fake her own abduction. This was very recently, um, as of well, a couple months ago. Uh, we, you know, she was only sentenced just in September of this year, so she's got quite a few more year uh, months in jail. So we're we, you know, we'll have to sit back and wait and see if she ever pays back that restitution and how all of that goes for her. 
Um, her divorce probably isn't even finalized now because in Canada you have to be separated legally for a year before you can, you know, the divorce will actually go through. But I mean, these are definitely pretty serious circumstances. I'm sure a judge will um, definitely grant Keith everything that he asks for, as they should. Uh, this was a horrible thing that she did. Keith had to go 22 days thinking that his wife had been abducted, that he might never see her again, that their children would lose their mom forever. And it was all just a plot by a woman that was just fed up with her life. Like, come on, come on, Sherry, get a clue. This is, you know, like take responsibility. Like, come on, lady. But there you have it. That's my micro brew. Um, on the case of Sherry Pabini and her faking her own abduction. Thank you so much for listening. And as usual, you can find us on our socials. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew. And if you have any case suggestions or if you want to just send us a note, just say hi, whatever, you can email us at our email at homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.